0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Shubhag and you're listening to SRFIT Talks. The goal of each of these podcasts is to bring out as much as value add content. Now there's today's guest, right? I've been following this person for quite some time now and I was very intrigued with whatever he does. I was amazed by it and I really wanted to have a one-on-one conversation with him and what better way to do that than getting him on my podcast. So since I am also a coach, I wanted to have this conversation with another coach and from a different place, a different background and uh, Vic, Vic Horsley uh, is what um, today's guest is and he's been in the industry for more than 10 years, he's worked in multiple places, he started in London and now he's in Australia, settled in Australia. So let's get him on board and start this conversation. So Vic, please thank you so much firstly for accepting this invitation. Because firstly, you know, when I sent him a request or a message, I thought, oh, Vic Hoxley is like, he has over 100,000 followers and I really doubt that he would even see my message. But I was very, um, you know, fortunate enough that he, he was humble enough to see my message and respond to it and even chat with me and set up this meeting. So thank you so much for that, Vic.
1: Uh, firstly, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity and actually reaching out. And then that second part, you know, followers on social media means nothing right you know kind of like so you know it's, it's good it's, it's great to connect you know kind of uh, so excited to be here thank you awesome
0: Vic uh, if you could give us a brief background of who Wick actually is and I have this doubt because you know in, in in your face or even in your body structure there's kind of an Indian similarity or Asian uh, similarity so are you anywhere related to uh, Asia yeah well
1: for sure. Yes. So I was actually born and raised in Kathmandu in Nepal. Ooh. So Ooh. yeah, so not very far. And uh, so I was born and raised there for the first 10 years of my life. And then, um, then I got shipped to a boarding school in UK. So kind of basically, you know, t- up to 10 years old, I was in Nepal and I went to, you know, an Indian school. So I can actually speak a little bit of Hindi or understand Hindi. Shall I say? Oh. Speak. Wow. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, so kind of, you know, traveled over to the UK, but my parents have lived in Dubai, you know, so kind of, I've always been this sort of a, a mongrel, you know, kind of, uh, I've always right. been a little bit of a nomad, if you like, kind of, so I was, did my studies in UK, and then, uh, uh, and now, you know, kind of, I'm over here in, in Australia.
0: Nice. So how did Australia happen? Like, because you did your studies? Okay. Now?
1: Yeah, cool. So I guess kind of, uh, you know, I met my partner back in London and uh, she's Australian so basically you know I it was basically my turn to uproot myself again it was just easy and um, you know we decided to kind of obviously move back to uh, Australia here in Sydney to start a family and to you know start our future effectively and uh, having been in London or UK for I don't know kind of over 10-15 years and uh, you know kind of uh, it was time to kind of move and, and lay down some roots of my own so you know we're here in Australia. It's been probably six or seven years now. You know, obviously we have a, a beautiful baby daughter. Obviously we have AIM. And, uh, you know, on paper, everything's going to a plan.
0: Lovely. And where in Australia? Uh, Sydney. Sydney. Okay, great. Awesome. And yeah. uh, when, when, when was your first um, time that you got introduced to fitness? And how did that happen? Like, did you study fitness as a background? Like, did you do your master's in that, bachelor's in that? Cool.
1: So, None of that, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, kind of, you know, growing up in the UK, obviously going to boarding school, I was roped into a lot of sports effectively. So that was my first introduction to, you know, I guess, physical education. So, uh, you know, I played rugby growing up. I played rugby to a, a high level effectively. And, you know, when you, when you come into that age, you know, kind of that 17, 18, where, you know, that decision needs to be made where are you going to be serious about this thing and you're going to pursue it further? Right. Uh, Basically, I went the other way, which basically means I didn't pursue it further, you know, kind of, uh, I just wanted to be a normal kid, I guess. And, um, but because of rugby training and obviously all the sports training that I was doing, uh, you know, gym was a a place that I, you know, was familiar with, if you like, you know, so that was the introduction into, you know, the, the fitness strength, if you like, uh, obviously with little to no knowledge, because, you know, obviously back then, 16-year-old Vic, 18-year-old Vic was all about, you know, just pumping out Friday night muscles, you know, trying to chase the honeys and, um, trying to be an alpha, whatever that meant, you know, kind right. of and i and I joke around because I don't think any of that's changed really. <laughs> I just don't chase girls around, but, uh, but yeah. So, you know, I, when I finished up school, uh, effectively, obviously I needed to do something and, um, I was in and out of Dubai for a little while and, um, you know, I had a, a very good friend of mine who was into, you know, gym and uh, he was probably the first one, you know, probably 18, 19 years old. He was like, hey, you know, start coming over, you know, start training with me and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, hey, maybe maybe I could do this for real. So kind of, yeah. So I started my studies, you know, basically when I was 19, uh, late 19, early 20s effectively. Um, and uh, I enrolled myself, you know, I took a loan out and I enrolled myself into an academy and then just full-time you know just kind of studied hard and you know kind of uh, eventually came out of it on the other side you know armed with knowledge or what I thought was knowledge and I was like I'm ready to take on the world and I'm, I'm ready to kind of make everybody swole and jacked you know kind of only to be only to be working with you know kind of 55 year old broken men you know kind of or <laughs> you know kind of like old you know anti-dory or whatever kind of thing and I was like what do you mean you don't want to add muscle and you don't want to bench and you don't want to do so I guess kind of you know Basically, when I first came into the industry, you know, I thought I knew everything. And uh, on my second day at work, I was like, holy shit, I don't know anything, you know. So I guess that was really the, the catalyst for me to start to, you know, seek out different modalities, different teachers, different systems and things like that. You know, as you do in early stages, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I actually don't know anything and I need to go out there and put myself out there. Um, so I guess kind of that's what's kind of really happened over, you know, the last decade, you know, kind of so... I always say that I'm students first and then teachers second. Um, and that's our mentality and that's our philosophy here at aim effectively as well, when it comes to coaching and, um, yeah, man. So it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride over the last 10 years.
0: Amazing. And so, you know, as coaches, like you said, every now and then you realize that shit, I don't know anything. Like I, I thought I knew it, but there's so much more. Right. So one such realization for me was also at that point where I thought I was actually helping people, uh, but then it was just uh, coach centered coaching, not actually client centered coaching. Right. Uh, I was telling them what I wanted them to do versus what they actually want to do. So uh, Mm -hmm. when did you come across this and how did you realize that and how has your coaching changed from then to now?
1: That's beautiful. I mean, kind of, as I said, you know, it's like day two of my, you know, work ever, as I said, you know, I had this expectation that I was going to be training, you know, young, you know, kind of males and females who are into fitness, like, you know, kind of like I was, and they wanted to kind of go and do things that I was into. Uh, But, you know, my clients happen to be, as I said, you know, kind of older population, if you like, and, you know, as they tend to with older population, they obviously have certain needs and wants, right? Uh, that I was clearly not equipped to actually even, you know, be on the field to talk about never mind you know, kind of help guide them in a particular way. So that was kind of really the, the start of it, you know, in day two. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, well I can try, you know, kind of just modify how to bench and X, Y, Z, you know, kind of, uh, or I, I can go out there and obviously kind of figure out and ask the questions, um, to questions uh, like questions that I don't know yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of like, so that's why I had to kind of, I guess, go out, um, and it's been a continual journey because what I've, you know, what I found was within the first couple of years, you know, um, so a couple of examples, you know, of like, I uh, went in and, you know, studied under an osteopath for a whole year, you know, kind of, so I did like the whole clinical rehab kind of thing setting, Uh, you know, I worked in the strength and conditioning, you know, kind of and like really soaking up as much as possible around those realms. Um, So, you know, kind of, bunch of like you know wild things really like lift you know like it's like different spectrums they're all in the same field if you like but it feels like at the time you know kind of uh my role is a trainer uh I'm qualified as a trainer but I'm now working under you know kind of therapists clinicians you know kind of S&C coaches and all this kind of stuff and what you soon find out you know is they're also kind of in a certain camp right so, you know kind of and it's also it's awesome to be able to immerse yourself into these you know kind of Camps, if you like, because you know what better way to learn, right? From firsthand, you know, you can ask them questions, you can see things happening in front of you, and the experiential learning is like invaluable because we all learn best by doing. You know, I often say to people, "I'm not very smart," that's very true. The best way that I learn is through doing the work, through feeling the work, right? Right. Because that way, I can actually, you know, kind of ask questions if I don't understand it, which is a lot of questions, basically. so that's how kind of everything started, you know, kind of and and what the struggle was then was, you know, learning different things, but then coming back to my everyday people. Right. And it was like, well, how do I implement this on this person or like, you know, that camp, you know, like S&C doesn't mean inject shit for this person, you know. So I guess what I started to quickly see was, although there was so much value and so much information, so much knowledge to attain, you know, kind of and I think the thirst for those things will always be there right it's still here to this day you know i still continue to go out and you know seek uh answers to questions and obviously kind of you know i want to continue to learn however the most important thing is like what we do with that said knowledge or information right if i can't bring it back in and obviously implement it on myself or people around me then it's just you know information right it's just doing jack shit basically so you know that's what i kind of uh started to i guess start to you know for lack of a better words, so I have to carve my own path, right? So, you know, if you look at our style of training, we call it strength and movement. Obviously, the word strength and movement are a bastardized word because they mean so many different things to so many different people. You know, for us, it's merely a tool, a tool to improve our quality of life outside these four walls, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we obviously train. We love lifting weights. You know, there's no other way to develop lower body strength than you know, kind of you know, external load. We love body weight gymnastics whatever you want to call it you know kind of to a very high level we do a lot of flexibility type of work or skill acquisitions and whatnot but we don't call ourselves you know experts gurus or whatever else in any of those modalities they're simply a tool for us right to be able to use on the person in front of us so coming back to you know your question originally around you know client focus you know kind of all client-centered effectively for us you know this tool it's, gives us the ability to kind of meet the person in front of us right you know kind of uh you know how can we teach these people the underlying concepts and principles you know that obviously you know are the common thread with all these modalities like that's how deep you know kind of we go into obviously it didn't happen overnight it does take you know kind of obviously continual refinement and evolution if you like um But really, everything is grounded on the fact that, you know, kind of we need to be able to use it on everyday people. We need to truly understand it and embody it in our way. Because, you know, the analogy that we often use is, I'm not sure about you if you felt this for yourself, you know, we go away for like a weekend seminar, workshop, or even enroll in a course. And then, you know, information coming right up and center, head's being blown away. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. It makes so much sense. And you come back on Monday and you're like, Oh, shit, I forgot 90% of it and not 10%. I don't know how to apply it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: So basically for us, you know, it has to be learned and obviously kind of then shared in a way that we can actually use it, you know, kind of, uh, so that's where everything is grounded from.
0: Amazing. So that was going to be my next question, but I've already answered it partially. Now this kind of uh, or this style of training right where because I've seen you doing you lift weights and you're amazing at it at uh, body weight movements you're great hand balancing excellent mobility wow I was amazed by your mobility because having that strength ideally you tend to lose a little bit of mobility but your mobility and strength are at top level so (laughs) when did your training style change because I, I recollect you saying that you know when you started initially it, it was just all about getting jacked lifting big and all that shit. but then eventually you would have at some point you would have realized okay this is not gonna get me in the long run so when did that happen and how did you get into all of these styles of training and i'm also seeing you uh training jiu-jitsu so did that happen long back or did it happen on the way
1: that's cool well let me ask the the first thing that you mentioned kind of you know like obviously i could do these things different type of things and you know good stuff xyz this is like that social media comments, you know, like it's so weird to hear that from outside looking in, because for me on the inside, I'm like, I'm not a great hand balancer. Like I look up to people who are like, who could do what I'm handstand. And they're like, holy shit. I look into people, you know, kind of who lifts three times their body weight. And I'm like, oh my God, that's not even, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's, it's weird to hear that as in, in, but that's so true. Right now, coming back to your second question around, you know, when did this transition happen? I guess kind of, uh, I would probably say kind of maybe seven years ago now, just before I came to Australia, you know, effectively what started to happen was, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I would have these big yearly learning projects, right? I would commit to a style or a modality or work under somebody for a year to really kind of immerse yourself into it, right? Because that gives you, you know, plenty of opportunities to really immerse yourself and actually acquire things, whether it be on yourself and others around, it, around me effectively, Um, to see if it works and you know how it lands because that's the only way we can kind of learn right now a lot of this thing up to this point just before uh i want to say 2015 was you know okay strict things you know like uh olympic lifting you know kind of uh or you know kind of okay introduction to some sort of kind of body weight type of training right Uh, i would probably call it more calisthenic because it was wild you know kind of it wasn't pretty right uh But then I guess kind of it, it, there was this kind of uh, there comes a point when you feel like, you know, your toolbox is expanding yet, you know, kind of everything is like half-assed, you know what I mean? Kind of it's like, you know, if everything is important then nothing's important. And for me, it started to become like, okay, well, I really want to pursue, you know, kind of strength training, you know, kind of, I want to lift, you know, and I want to be strong. Obviously I still want to be jacked and swole. Like everybody wants to look good naked, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, how do I pursue that? Then there was this element of like, holy shit, I want to be able to do these cool body weight, you know, strength or skill type of work. Right. And there's, now there's like, I'm seeking so many different things. And there's obviously the, the flexibility thing that kept on kind of haunting me because, you know, the underlying thread to all this stuff was like, I can't, you know, I can't apply it. Te- I can't apply a technique in a position that I can't get into. <laughs> right. Or, you know, if I, if I uh, am struggling to, um, uh, Apply a technique, you know, kind of uh, that means now I'm overloading something else and then something else right. can prop up, right? right? So it'd be always kind of like putting out fires or whatever. So I guess kind of what I started to then redesign or rethink in my head was uh, at this is around 2015 was, okay, well, I want to do all these different things. And clearly, like trying to do this all at the same time hasn't worked, right? Mm-hmm. Now, trying to rather kind of seeing this as a different camp, what I started to think was like, well, what's like the common thread amongst all these things, mm. right? So obviously, as I mentioned before, like flexibility was a huge thing, right? In terms of, you know, um, I mean, I could touch my toes, but like, you know, it wasn't pretty, right? So, you know, kind of I could sit on the ground, but it looked like, you know, hunchback and too damn for to do like a, a pancake stretch or whatever. Um, so like flexibility was something that I literally didn't know anything about, you know, kind of obviously like majority of the population, you know, thinks, I thought, you know, flexibility was exclusive to yoga chicks, you know, kind of, uh, or just chicks in general, right. That men, you know, we, we, we're strong and like rock, you know, we're not meant to bend, you know, kind of only really break. <laughs> um, and I guess kind of, you know, that started to kind of dive into the body weight stuff that I was trying to do. Cause obviously, you know, my strength to power ratio would be okay. Cause I was, you know, accustomed to doing a lot of strength work and cause I was so restricted, my tendons were good. So I could be powerful. Um, um but with this body weight type of stuff and being able to kind of, you know, trying to hit this range of motions or apply certain techniques, even for things like Olympic weightlifting, you know, I could use my strength, but then my strength would only take me to a certain level, right? Then what really held me back was like my ability to kind of move and move in these ranges of motion that I didn't have access to. So I could never get strong into them either. So coming back to drawing board, it was just a simple case of like, well, okay, I can't excel in all these things. That was the first thing, right? I was like, okay. Although I'm young, because I was so young at this point, I'm like, you know, because everybody says, right, when you're young, you can do all these things, crazy stuff, whatever. So, you know, I'm like, well, do I want to just pursue this in each camp? And no. So, what are the kind, of, like, what are the things that tie everything together? So, flexibility was one of those things. So, you know, I started to kind of really knuckle down, and I guess kind of try study and experiment with a few different things. Um, and what I found on very early days was that, uh, you know pursuing things like, or expression of movements like front split, middle split, all this, what we think is, you know, flexibility. uh, Like I wasn't game to kind of commit to a long-term process like that, like most people, right? I'm like, how do I get gains yesterday, right? So it just, you know, it came out to be for me, I was like, I think little but more often, right? So it was like, hey, like, I don't want intensity. I don't want you know, I don't want to tap into my resources and drain me. I'd rather kind of just do, you know, kind of less intensity, but more frequently so I guess kind of moving daily became this you know habitual thing for me right um, I was really into running you know kind of doing ultra marathons and stuff you uh, know back in 2013 something like that so you know kind of racking up a lot of kilometers a lot of miles you know I would get really even stiff right you know kind of that uh, so I started to pursue yoga you know kind of and uh, and then I found like you know kind of just holding positions I was like actually I feel so much better and I can do certain things um, so I was like I'm not, you know, I don't want to do an hour yoga session, you know, kind of whatever times a week. So I was like, All right, let me just take, you know, kind of five, 10 minute things and I'll just do it daily. Wow. I, I committed for like a, a 30 day or something and that kind of blew my mind. And I guess that was the first opportunity for me to kind of really knuckle down on, oh shit, like it doesn't have to be hardcore. It just needs yeah. to be like, you know, little and let that compounded effect take place effectively. So I just need to be disciplined or commit myself into doing little. Now, obviously, you know, as the time, as time passes, you get more inquisitive and obviously you try to figure out and, you know, you, you experiment with other things and that stuff then gets compounded or whatever, right? But there's this, you know, uh, effect of just continually doing the things. Right. Um, so, you know, I started to improve my range of motion, which was great. And then, you know, that allowed me to then kind of do a little bit of work on the upper body stuff. And then with the upper body things, the majority of the, the big party tricks, as we call them, you know, the big party tricks, like handstands, muscle ups, all this kind of stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, jacked, I can do this, you know, outside uh, looking in, you know, I'm like, well, you know, now I look back and I was like, you know, banana handshake, you know, like, it was like, the handstand was so ugly, you know, kind of, and the muscle up was like, you know, it was like, it might as well be CrossFit, you know, kind of it was just like, I was just ah, chicken wings out, you know, trying to get on top of the rings, uh, but in my head, I was like, I was absolutely killing it, you know, kind of. And then I guess once I started to get a little bit more, uh more aware, if you like, and started to kind of actually take these things a little bit further and like trying to go a little bit deeper, you know, everything is subjective. All the standards, you know, kind of. Obviously, we want to make shit look good, right? Obviously, we want to feel good too, right? right. So, you know, when I started to kind of pursue these these things at a deeper level, and then I started to kind of you know look at people who are true, you know, masses you know, kind of then. I was just, I had my mind blown because I'm like now comparing myself to these, you know, high level dudes, you know, kind of doing things and what they've been doing for a long, you know, pretty much all their life. You know, you look at a gymnast, you're like, fuck, I want to be able to do that. You know, I do I start to do the Iron Cross, you know, kind of, uh, but then it was like, well, where do I get started? So I guess that was a question, but just like the flexibility. And then what I soon figured out was like, well, uh, the basics and, you know, basics is again, so subjective for different people, Right. So I was like, well, let's strip things back. So I started to kind of, you know, experiment and i started to learn things. And I think at the time, you know, people like Gymnastic Bodies, you know, uh, GMB, like all these kind of different uh, schools of thoughts and systems, if you like, um, you know, they were kind of very new at the time, right? And obviously exciting because they were presenting ideas in a very different way. And, you know, as always, when we start to learn things, it was like, well, let me start doing these things. And, you know, I'm holding just a, a hand plank, Right? How many times have we taught hand plank and how many times have we demonstrated, but how many times do we actually do it yeah. right? and really embody it. and like, you know, so these are the kind of small basic things that I'm talking about, you know, and, and spending a good amount of time, you know, actually kind of just cultivating and, and progressively kind of, you know, getting better and spending more time. And I was like, shit, I can, I'm doing things a little bit better if feel things feel a lot better, you know, kind of and it allows me to do a little bit more. I'm increasing capacity. I'm also kind of preparing my bodies in a way that I've never done before. And that started to then kind of complement my lifting, you know, kind of, which was in the background. And so you can see kind of these underlying things, you know, kind of. um, So I guess kind of, you know, to answer your uh, question in short now, it was probably the transition was around about probably 2015, 2016, when I had to then simplify things, right? I didn't have access to, you know, big, you know, gyms or whatever kind of stuff. And, you know, I was trying to learn and pursue different things. So for me, like these basics, you know, this ability to kind of create awareness in my body, the ability to control my body was like the priority, right? Um, and that's how I started to not just kind of do work on myself, but also start to coach these things in other people too, right? So obviously leaning on all the stuff that i would learned to this point, it was like, cool, if that's like the end in mind, like what's reverse engineered that? You know, so it's like, we often get taught, you know, squat is a fundamental pattern. You know, uh, a hinge is a fundamental pattern. Push and pull is a fundamental pattern. But the reality is a lot of people who do basic push-ups or basic chins, they end up hurting their shoulders, you know, kind of like, and they do a shit job of it. So it's not fundamental, right? It's not like basic for these people. Yeah. So what's like two steps behind, something that they can A, understand, control, and then obviously be able to build over time. So yeah. that's sort the of kind of thing, if that's the end in mind, What's further down? And that's how the the concept of foundation started, you know, for me, right? Or that's the description in my head anyway. So we had this, you know, basic notion of layering things on top of each other, right? So, you know, basically the intention was we want to build a, you know, wide base so that way we can, you know, build a high peak eventually, right? Whatever you want to grow into. Um, But being able to kind of, you know, implement and obviously kind of actually pay a due diligence in terms of preparing our bodies, in a variety of way will allow us to do these things. So that was it. Like 2015, 2016 was like the the turning point.
0: Wow. Like I have so many questions in my mind right now, but I think I'll keep it short. Uh, <laughs> so, something that I want to share from what you spoke about, right? Like there's one uh, very famous quote by this uh, person called Dr. John Berardi, he is a precision nutrition uh, co- uh, founder. So, he says that B minus effort done every day consistently is much better than a plus done twice right for sure that's something that you also spoke about and uh, yeah so the second question that i want to ask is Vic, now, there are so many things right like there is mobility that you want to improve and you're also doing about uh, talking about strength uh, yeah before i ask this question uh, have you stopped doing olympic lifting because i don't see it on your uh, profile mark. yeah
1: so correct so obviously kind of you know Everything is dictated by the environment around you, and Aim Studio, where you see behind me, is on a first floor. So there is no way in hell I'm going to be dropping weights, right? So that soon kind of stopped the you know the pursuit of
0: Olympic lifting. (laughs) Oh God! I thought this problem is there only in India. It's there everywhere,
1: (laughs) dude. It's a worldwide. It's a worldwide. It's basically a pandemic.
0: (laughs) Oh God! Yeah, it's a a
1: level one pandemic.
0: <laughs> so yes um for me right like when I um started working on my mobility and stuff my lifts got better like you said and I started seeing less of injury in myself especially when I when I go heavy there used to be a niggle in my back a catch here or there. nothing of that thought started happening the moment I started focusing on mobility every single day but then I had to plan it accordingly like you said at least 15 minutes of separate uh, mobility work uh, so since you do so many things like you do hand balancing you do a gymnastic movement you do weight lifting how do you program your um you know training in a week and how many times do you show up
1: cool i mean this is like a, a loaded question in the sense that obviously it's a moving target right so obviously kind of when you're trying to excel in so many different areas one of the key things we always say you know we've already sort of kind of mentioned it before one of the key things we have, obviously you can't see it, but a uh, wall behind me here it says, you know, intention wall. And it says, start with the end in mind, right? Mm-hmm. If we know the end in mind, then it's very, very simple to reverse engineer things, right? So obviously, kind of, let's, you know, to answer your question around, okay, I do so many different things, like it will look that way, but I only have like one or two priorities at any given moment, mm-hmm. right? Or any training block, if you like. Mm-hmm. So to, as an example, right now I'm looking to kind of really push know kind of three things right so my squats right so basically kind of my back squat and my deadlift which can be kind of put into just a one category of like strength right so i have two you know two different movements that i'm looking to excel now you know for those things obviously i train you know one each day right so it's like kind of you know that's two days strength if you like now The third thing that I'm continually kind of working on is just, you know, the handstand push-ups and one arm chin-ups, right? So these are like, again, like a bent-arm push and pull kind of thing. Now, there are so many different ways I can attack these two uh, attributes, if you like. So, you know, we can either kind of break it down to either upper or lower effectively, right? The key thing here is, you know, obviously I'm not going to be training these things at a very high level continually, right? So there's different ebbs and flow effectively. So that's something to be mindful of. So the way I spread my work, you know, is like, okay, cool. Like, if this is my priority, then, you know, for the next four to eight weeks, I'm going to really focus on my squats because that's going to be where my most of my energy and my focus needs to go in. So I need to make sure my resources are, you know, at their best for me to be able to kind of show up as powerfully as possible. And this means I don't leave out the other things. It just means I need to then use them to complement my squats, for example, Right. And again, this allows me to then continue to work on things. So let's say if I was to then shift my focus onto something like a, you know, upper body bent arm, you know, uh, one arm chin ups or you know, handstand push ups as an example, which again, it's effectively like setting a PB, right? Because you're trying to obviously work on you know, right at the limit of your threshold, effectively, right? So if that's the priority, then you know, like my squats and let's say that's going to be taxing my nervous system. If I try set PBs there as well, the idea is, you know. I can pull back on the squats in terms of intensity I can change like, the focus or the intent, right? Long-term, I'm still showing up and I can still kind of you know, do the work required and still move forward. So the idea here is, you know, am I developing long-term, and, but can I sprinkle a lot of short-term wins, right? And the short-term wins come in the form of, okay, every, you know, four to yeah, eight. Yeah. Eight weeks like cool what's the one thing that i want to be able to improve in this particular thing what's telling me that i'm moving forward what's giving me this kind of validation that you know hey i'm slowly but gradually moving forward right and it's also this commitment if you like and, and reprioritization if you you know so as again starting with the end in mind let's say from a coaching or training perspective um you know we can only elicit so much adaptations right so, you know kind of so then to answer your question if these are you know my strength goals well, then, you know, out of these, like, two to three days, big days, well, I've got other days that I can then sprinkle in a few other things, right? That obviously cannot be taxing or pulling away from the, my main thing. So let's say flexibility is an example. I don't need to do, like, or I won't be doing, or I don't do, like, a, uh, like a front split-specific program or, like, you know, whatever backbend, whatever kind of stuff. It's more so um, what's going to, you know, make me move well and make me feel good. Right. Does that makes sense. Right? So it's like, you know, let's say if I squat on a Monday, maybe on Tuesday, I can just do, you know, some work on my quads, right. But from a lengthening perspective, right. It doesn't mean I need to go super hard on it, whatever kind of thing, you know, uh, in my daily sessions, maybe I can do long splits so I can actually still hit the quads two to three times a week like you know my quads don't know whether it's a squat it's a long split or it's a couch stretch right it just knows fuck my quads are big fried you know like so they're going to have to adapt in a slightly different way now obviously all this means I need to also be mindful of the volume that's coming in the intensity that's coming in and how frequently I'm doing these things that obviously needs to be managed right so you know for me the simple way like to think about it is like I call a project so you know, I have a project that I'm working on, and everything else around me is supporting that project. Right? That project has this. You know, when the project is coming to an end, you know, it doesn't just kind of go, okay, see you later, project. You know, it's more so that I spend some time consolidating that. So the idea here is, you know, um, start of the year or end of last year into you know this start of this year. Uh, you know, I was working towards just building some capacity on my squats, right? So basically, kind of trying to get five by five, 140 kilos. Now, the way I started was, you know, doing 12 sets of two reps on week one, right? So I got the total volume of 24 reps, obviously spread out over time. But the second week would be like three by three, mm-hmm. right? It'd be like, you know, four by three, five by three, six by three. Like every week, I'm just like, you know, I'm just increasing the set. I'm not worried about the, the intensity, whatever. But I'm now committed to like a, a 13, 14 week, you know, kind of like squatting thing, which progressively I know I can do heavier, but doing it this way, I can manage the load my body's got this plenty of time to actually build capacity but also i'm refining my technique i'm bringing awareness to places that i simply wouldn't be if i was trying to go out you know trying to push bigger numbers or you know whatever it is now the cool thing is while that was happening i can actually work on my upper body work you know kind of been and i can do different type of things so again it's how you marry the work and all that kind of stuff right and that's on myself right obviously when this comes to let's say uh, on a gym pop or like everyday people like the way you know the the people that we tend to kind of you know choose to serve and lead here at aim this is also very you know similar to that effectively right so you know we obviously kind of work with their particular intention or have a priority in mind so rain or shine they're committed to kind of working on what they want and need you know kind of and then we have other projects that are supplementary to that mm-hmm. right obviously the projects need to be revisited like you know kind of everybody sets this big hairy audacious goals which is great because everybody loves goal setting right but they're so fucking far, far away and so kind of distant that you're just like when what? I'm, I'm nowhere near it you know it's like an example could be simple things like a muscle up or, or like let's say a, a lady right kind of a female who wants to develop some upper body strength and she just knows like cool, if I can do a chin-up, because the chin-up is something I can't do or I've never been able to do, right? It's like chin up seems so far away if somebody can't even hang, right? right? So it's like, cool, hey, the next project, you know, kind of like whatever, eight to 12 weeks, whatever, we're going to make sure that, you know, A, you can hang for X amount of time, X amount of sets, because you don't accidentally get there, right? Maybe we can work on this isometric at the top and we're going to try to get, you know, three sets of five seconds, three sets, you know, five by five seconds, whatever it is you know, objective numbers that obviously can be progressive and whatnot. Now, this isn't a full chin up, but guess what? If we can do this, we're building capacity, we're building awareness, and also we're actually moving forwards towards where we want to go, right? So it's progressive. Now, that's the win that we're talking about. So it's still long-term, so far-fetched, it feels like, but I'm like taking my steps, but like, I'm like, yeah, I couldn't hang up there. Now I can, you know, and then a cool, hey, can we start to then, you know, control our eccentric down? right? Hey, can we start to do this? And again, it doesn't happen by accident. It means time, attention, focus, right? Um, And that's just for upper body, right? You know, kind of, and well, what if they're like, well, I also want to bend this way. I want to lift that much. And then I want to also do this skill. It's like, whoa, you know, what's number one? (laughs) Because let's make sure that number one stays number one. And that's where that priority, that project comes into mind effectively. So that's how we do it on everyday people as well.
0: But how do you bring this kind of a mindset into your clients? Because when they come... Perfect.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I talked about the environment piece, obviously, level one pandemic. (laughs) Right? So a big part of, you know, kind of the environment or the culture, shall I say here, you know, at AIM, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. So the way we bring people on, similar to how we bring every coach into how we do things, it's pretty much the same. So, uh, you know, my backstory around the, the foundation, you know, kind of, and the, the fundamentals effectively. Um, you know, my own journey behind doing the basics, you know, kind of regardless of whether you've never stepped out of a full like this or have been training for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. The matter of fact is, you know, coaching for us, because that's what we do. We don't train people, we coach people. And coaching for us is, you know, building relationships. And a big part of any relationship is being able to communicate, yep. being able to communicate ridiculously well. Now that means, you know, we need to have a process in place right that kind of a brings us closer so we get to connect right and you know you could be shy uh, I could be you know kind of extrovert or vice versa you know kind of we could literally be speaking different languages right you know kind of but effectively we need that time and space to kind of actually build that trust right build that connection if you like then obviously there's this you know level of you know we call it assessment and assessment for us is being able to not just you know hey, can you raise your hands up here this way? Can you show us or test this, test that kind of thing? That's not the the typical assessment. Although that's, you know, that could be useful. But for us, it's more around, you know, how is it that this person learns? How is it that this person moves or coordinates themselves, right? Kind of, and you can sort of kind of sense these things, right? Because the third and last is the education piece, right? So we, again, we don't know what we don't know. However, we need something that is a little bit like a North Star that we can either work towards or work from. Right? We don't know whether it's towards or away till we start the work. Now, you know, so we have this thing at AIM we call foundation program, which is effectively, you know, A, can we start to speak the same terminology? You know, we walk around with bare feet, we do a lot of hanging, like, you know, what do we mean by what's our lingo? You know, B, it's like giving them time and space to actually talk about what the basics are. And it's a form of assessment. It teaches, you know, where we're assessing them, but we're also teaching them to assess themselves. Mm -hmm. right you know kind of an example here would be you know as i talked about we men are like you know strong and stable and like rock we don't move And you know a lot of ladies could be flexy and like oh well i just move so much here right we could use the same thing but from different Mm contexts right you know with with men you know like let's say a simple example of i don't know like cat cow for instance right Right. you know cat cow from yeah everybody knows cat cow right you know for a, a person who's like stiff Right. You know, like moving anything on the spine is going to feel different and they're going to get what they need to. Right. Let's say a female. Right. Who's like, well, I can just move till cows come home. Literally. Right. It's like, well, how do we kind of change the context? How, do we, how can we teach them to be more stable and to get into spaces that they can't? Now, that takes a different level of awareness. Well, how do we do that? Well, can we provide some tactile feedback? Right. But the movement stays the same. But how we present it, right, is completely different. Does that make sense, right? So this is what I'm going to kind of by like, you know, teaching people to how to assist themselves effectively. Then the third and last is obviously the education piece, you know, kind of obviously what we deem to consider, you know, our fundamental movements, but with our foundational principles that we believe to be like the, the common thread amongst everything, all the modalities that we use. So what I mean by that is, you know, uh, it's a physical domain and we're going to be lifting, right? And everybody knows the importance of breath. How do we harness our breath? How do we utilize our breath to actually breathe down below? you know kind of the ribs let's say diaphragm you know how can we use our breath to create tension or bracing for lack of a better word Because um, you know let's say using a different discipline like yoga, we normally use breath to either down regulate to relax, or in the context of gym, like we need to use our breath to create tension, but we can do both. We need to learn to be adaptive effectively so that's like a big underlying concept because it doesn't matter whether you're upside down on the rings lifting a weight, flexibility, like breath is an important thing. So we need to kind of, you know, have ways to kind of teach and also start to practice these things at a very basic level, right? You know, shoulder stability, another great one. So, you know, I use the example of the chin-ups or whatever, but, you know, how does your shoulder stabilize with your hands in front of you, overhead, back behind you, and everywhere in between, right? You know, kind of what does that look like and what's the current – Context or capacity. How do we get the person to understand that? How, what do we have to work with, right? You know, what do we mean by hip and spine integrity? Everybody talks about hip hinge, right? Hey, can you actually hinge the hips? And da 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 da. We call it more hip and spine integrity because obviously hip hinge is really important, but global flexion as a whole is also a move that we can do, right? And again, we can use this in a different way, right? So you know, this is why we call it hip and spine integrity. But effectively, this is like, these are the simple ways that we can start to actually uh, expose people to our perspective, our thinking, regardless of their experiences or exposures they've had, right? So at least, you know, to kind of, again, to come back to your original question, these are the tools effectively we use to kind of bring everybody to this North Star. Because now we're all in the same place and we both sides know where we're at Right. You know, and then that gives us better options, better you know, opportunities, and then better guide and direct individuals, as well as gives them the opportunity to actually understand the why, how, and the what. That's the simple part.
0: Wow. Amazing, because if you start building this kind of a culture from the base, then even if a newcomer, a beginner joins in, you don't have to do the work because... The other people will start doing it on their own, right? Because that's the culture of the place. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, this is a big thing. So just to act logistically, so if I was to spell it out for anybody, you know, who owns a business or is a coach out there, whether it be one-on-one or one-too-many or a bit of both. um, Obviously, the way we run our business is, you know, we do personalized training, supplemented with group training. Right. So the group training is obviously, you know, the projects are, you know, a lift is a lift, right? a lift class is a lift class. A strength and movement would be upper body strength and skill. Uh, Get bent is like a flexibility focused class. Uh, We call it GSC or foundation class, which is obviously straightforward. Right. Um, So the idea here is that, you know, the way that I'm talking about this foundation program happens at a personal level. Mm. right because it's like hey uh you know cool you're going to commit to this process for four weeks with us and you know we're going to carve out this space you know kind of in time you know kind of once a week right for four weeks where just you and me we get to kind of learn and i want to kind of share with you our wise hows and i want to learn more about you as well so it's like that connection piece that assessment piece and that slow but gradual education piece then the things that they kind of have learned they can now you know The idea coming to group classes, for instance, and they don't get access to everything, but like, you know, a handful of classes. But the idea is that, you know, obviously it's, again, physical domain. They're going to do a workout or they're going to be pushed in some capacity, but that's not the important thing, right? The most important thing is they get to come and immerse themselves into our culture, right? Obviously for them, regardless of your experience, even if you're a coach who's been trained like a badass, like coming to a flexibility class for the first time, it feels like, you know, a new kid at a new school, people doing fucking, you know, stupid looking things. And you're like, where do I stand? How do I speak? Who do I, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be overwhelming. But the way the things get invited into, the way we kind of, you know, do the, uh, do our group classes, we normally pair people up. Because mm-hmm. that part of that education, you know, part of that education process for us isn't just like a coach saying, hey guys, this is what we're doing. This is how we do it. This is why we do it. Okay, hurrah, let's yeah, go. So- it's more of a, you know, kind of, it's more of a, Hey, this is what we're doing. Here's the intention behind it. Here's the context, right? And obviously when we split people up, now the cool thing here is they have to see what's happening in front of them. Now they need to articulate what is it that they want this person to be able to do. Mm -hmm. So effectively we teach our tribe to be like coaches in a way, Mm -hmm. right? So the idea is that they are learning twice because they have to teach it. Right. Right. So, and then on the other side, you know, when they're doing the work, it's also a way of, you know, kind of getting people to implement the feedback that's coming in. So they don't just have a top-down information. It's not just a coach or a mentor or a teacher, but it's also this lateral connection. Now, of course, if there is something that looks a little bit funky, you're not sure about, guess what? Hey, uh, I'm not sure. You know, cool. Now we can have a different conversation and let's really break that down because it creates these opportunities. So it's a learning environment, it's a learning and working environments, you know, as opposed to the traditional, you know, the fitness, which is like... Listen. This is the only hour that I have of my day. I just want to switch off, get sweaty, and I just want to get in, get out. You know, kind of rock it on. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But you know, coming back to uh, the culture, you know, kind of an hour way of doing things. It's we want to be here. We're here. We are here for a reason. You know, we move with intention effectively, right? Um, and a big part of that is you know we want to intentionally grow ourselves physically, right? And obviously mentally and emotionally. But most importantly. We're also here to help somebody else alongside me grow in the same way as well. And that can only happen if we are on the same wavelength, regardless of our, you know, age, structure, gender, you know, kind of all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's uh, even seen in your posts as well. Uh, But again, I have two questions here, Vic. One, um, I've seen you not using shoes at all. So is that something that, <laughs> that that has become a practice now? And of course, just barefoot training is amazing. It improves a lot of uh, things. Uh, one is that. And the second thing that I wanted to ask you is, so since you are running two businesses, it's not just that you keep training every single day, right? Or uh, the entire day. So there's not much difference between you and your clients because they have life apart from training. They have a family. They have other life stressors. So. Do you? Now, among all of this, how do you balance and how do you plan your time and how much time do you spend at the gym working on yourself on these things?
1: Okay, cool. That's like completely different questions. So let me we get the first question, the bare feet one. Uh, so the bare feet originally started because as they were talking about from Olympic lifting, you know, I had to change my shoes. Then obviously running, I had to wear the trainers. Then obviously being in a gym, not being able to take the shoes off, it was just you know, annoying. And so, <laughs> you know, kind of like, uh, and, and, you know, wearing shoes for so long, my you know, kind of, you know, this is, uh, this comes from a place of love. You know, there's, a, there's a, I literally not broke my foot, but, um, you know, I talked about pursuing running. I did this ultra marathon and, you know, doing this ultra marathon, literally, you know, kind of like I had plantar fasciitis at both my feet. Like I was off my feet for like three months. I was like, this is why I don't run. You know, like, this is why, you know, but the joke started to come around, you know, kind of a very good friend of mine who was a physio she was like Bick, you just got asian feet you got flat feet you 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 know you can't wrong like this is like this you know you got no shock absorbers or whatever kind of stuff right she said it in jest but i was like so ever since then you know kind of uh i've been like actually you know all my life i've worn shoes and like you know i don't really look after my feet so i guess that's how i originally started to kind of you know okay i'm going to lift bare feet i just want to feel the ground underneath me it made me more grounded um and things of that nature right and then soon what I started to kind of find was like you know my clients you know kind of uh who had so many you know ankle or knee or hip issues uh, it was like because they were shitty feet you know kind of like it was literally so it was like you know one of the missing puzzles that uh you know it didn't even like uh, come at the forefront right because it'd be always like oh it's the hip you know oh, the knee problem you know kind of and it's like oh it's my tight ankles or like I don't have ankle mobility or whatever kind of stuff It was like, dude, like you don't even know, you can't even fucking control your left toe, you know, or like, you know, as in like you can't, you know, you don't even see your feet most of the day and you wanna, you know, literally use them every day. Uh, So I guess kind of, you know, when we opened AIM, that was one of the reasons, right? Uh, I was like, well, let's get everybody out of their, you know, basically kind of feet coffins, right? It was like, you know, even if it's like an hour or two a day when they're here at AIM, they can, they don't have to wear shoes. Uh, And the second part was, I really like tidy spaces. (laughs) <laughs> so everybody has to take the shoes off right and it's like almost like a, a martial arts like a dojo kind of thing it's like don't bring your shit from outside inside this space you know it's like we, cl- we keep the place clean effectively so it has two things you know it's like it's great for your feet
0: <laughs> and two
1: it, it keeps the place clean
0: nice nice that's very nice
1: uh And then number two, what was the question? How did we, what was the number two question?
0: So the number two was, uh, how are you managing, uh, running the business and all of that? Through that, how do you uh, manage your time to get training? And how much time do you invest in that?
1: Perfect. So uh, this is something that uh, I'll start start responding to this question by saying, it's a non-negotiable that everybody should have some time and space dedicated to look after themselves right obviously different people will have this in different forms but it is integral that everybody at least have some time carved out of their day or week that is dedicated for themselves now for us you know kind of leading question into you know how do i manage it with the business obviously the family what my responsibilities around and what, what kind of thing you know i keep coming back to this uh very basic term you know kind of Effectively, I see myself as a person who leads a business and obviously the tribe that we have within this business, right? We have a team, we have responsibility and duty of care to our, you know, tribes here at AIM. Now that means I need to be at my A game, right? And I cannot possibly be in A game if I do not or if I can't even find some time to carve out to look after myself, right? Obviously, as a coach, you know, kind of when we, you know, coach, teach, mentor somebody, what we're saying to them is like, Hey, uh, I want to see you an hour a week or two or three, whatever it is. It's like, you have to take the time to come and dedicate, to look after you, you know, time to look after yourself. Right. Uh, but if we're not doing that for ourselves, like what's that saying? You know, so kind of for me, it's like a non-negotiable for me, like, you know, moving in some capacity every day, it's like a therapy. It's a way for me to be a better person. And, you know, it's my meditation if you like. Right. So, you know, carving out time is, you know, like an integral part. Now, Having said that, obviously, you know, i talked about the the projects and whatnot, so I know when my big sessions are, you know, and I also know kind of what my daily little moving sessions are or whatever that looks like, right? Um, Then coming back to one of the the terminologies you use and how do you balance it, like the word balance doesn't really exist, you know, kind of in terms of responsibilities and the things that we want to be able to do. Like we use it very often, but the word balance literally means, you know, kind of having two – even things on either side, right? Because that's how you get balanced. Now, life is never even, right? It's more of a like up and down, ebbs and flow, peaks and troughs, that sort of thing. And I guess to be proactive, right? So for me, it's like, cool, when my busy time is coming, okay, cool, I'm not going to try to put extra stress on for whatever reason. You know, which means when things are coming down, hey, no, I need to up this to kind of make sure that I'm at 100%. So I'm going to spend some time on myself, X, Y, Z. So it's, again, more of a a harmony or a symphony, if you like, right? That we're really seeking towards. Now, then looking at things at a macro level, <laughs> you know, kind of say from a business level, um, you know, just like programming, we work everything in six-week cycles, right? The reason six-week cycles is because, you know, six weeks is, you know, not long enough to get bored, right? And it's short enough to kind of get shit done, right? So the idea here is exactly, you know, we run our business in six-week cycle. We run our programming in six-week cycles. We, you know, everything kind of, and the reason for that is, you know, the first two, let's say from a programming and training perspective, the first six weeks, the first two weeks of six weeks, it's more like, hey, slow it down. And this other context. It's more education. Like let's bring ourselves in line with what we're trying to do intention. Then week three, four, five, six, like, okay, let's start to double down and not have to build and create this momentum. Mm -hmm. right because when we go to the next cycle we consolidate and again it feels like a natural deload right right? as opposed to the the traditional you know like we're going to hit it hard from day one and then we're going to deload at the end it's like motherfucker you gotta you gotta load to deload and if you don't know what you're doing if you don't know how you're doing it or if you don't know why you're doing it then you're just it's a recipe for disaster that's in the context of training right same thing for business so we you know six week sprints and we have you know the next three mapped out Mm -hmm. right so although we're you know kind of in this six week cycle we know the next two six weeks mm. that makes sense right so that makes like, the planning and projecting very simple and straightforward now you know uh just like uh priorities obviously we can't have like you know like gazillion things at the same time although that's what feels like we should be doing and like is needed uh but to truly you know to truly excel at something it just needs time and attention repetition right it needs that time and attention it needs to be the priority and the focus So this way we start to kind of narrow down on what's coming ahead. What do we need to be doing? What parts of the business? So that allows me to manage, you know, my time, uh, my energy, obviously how I show up and obviously how I lead, you know, kind of uh, obviously it's still a work in progress because I don't get it right all the time. You know, I'm only a human, Uh, but, you know, eight out of 10 times it works.
0: So Vic, uh, do you um, do isolated work because you still look ripped and jagged? Uh, do you do some uh, kind of exercises like you know bicep curls or maybe hamstring mm-hmm. curls to to get those you know to cut in or it, it's just all compound movements
1: it's funny uh i'd probably say most of my lifts are all compounds so like i don't do really single like single things probably or if, and if i do they're probably not like at a level uh or in a traditional way so to give an example like you know my upper, all my upper body work is purely just body weight Wow. and it's just you know and it's just purely coming you know talking from like i haven't benched like for over 10 years or whatever right so oh you know the like i will use like maybe dumbbells like modified chest presses you know kind of every blue moon but that's more range of motion it's not heavy enough right to really stimulate you know kind of growth but coming back to the body weight coming back to these phases and projects kind of thing like effectively what's happening here is my end in mind is like you know being able to do savage things, right? You know, kind of cool looking things or whatever, right? Different angles. I'm talking about handstand push ups, one arm chins, you know, like pelican push ups or whatever it is. Effectively, I am working, you know, uh, at a, a large range of motion. I am loading them consistently, you know, kind of, and I'm like doing it. I've been doing it for whatever years, right? So, you know, the adaptations or like, you know, the certain way that I look, it's not like a overnight thing, right? I'm not with the like, hey, I want to look this particular way, right? It's more so, you know, the movement is, or being able to express myself in a certain way is the inner mind. And, you know, the uh, the mass or the kind of the size, or whatever kind of thing, the certain way that I look and my structure is like, they're just a product of that. Does that make sense? Now, yeah. will this same uh, protocols or different same way of training work on somebody else. I don't know, right? You know, I, I don't think so, right? You know, kind of like purely because it's like saying to somebody, Hey, like last 10 years, let's com- or compact it and like let's try to do it. It's a sure way of burning out, you know, because coming back to again, the intensity, the volume, the frequency, the training variables, you know, kind of the training principles that have stood the you know, test of time, like it's basically being practiced that consistently, little at a time for a number of years right um but yeah to answer your question like i, I wouldn't really say like no I, everything that i do is normally compound
0: amazing and do you have any plans of starting a trunk company because <laughs> <are> just amazing <laughs> we just love them
1: <laughs> that's hilarious it's like what am i what are the pet peeves or like pet hates or those kind of thing like the amount of messages that i get are like so regular it's like Hey bro, where's your shorts from? <laughs> like, you know, like it's like the DMs or like comments or whatever kind of thing. It's like, like I only wear like basically lemon right? And um, I'm almost like kind of like fuck. I need to reach out to lemon and tell me like, hey dudes, like I'm basically like fucking selling your shit right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, it's hilarious. Uh, coming to this question, uh, now that you know you have maintained your body fat at certain le- point but do you keep that in mind and do you follow, I mean, do you eat that way or it's just something that's been your way of eating from a long time now?
1: Cool. So, you know, I feel, I always feel like I'm cheating when I talk about nutrition or eating kind of thing, because always um, it's so subjective to the individual in front, you know, but my own experiences is something that I probably want, you know, kind of try and sit on somebody else, for instance, right? Well, the reason I say that and I start, you know, by starting this conversation by saying this is because, you know, my eating is uh, very different to how normal people would eat. Like in the sense that like, you know, I've been coaching for over 10 years and like I start my day, you know, kind of uh, before five o'clock effectively, right? So, you know, and some days I have a late, like, you know, like now, in the probably the last six months, like, you know, I've actually got one morning off, whatever kind of thing. Like my eating habits isn't the best. Sometimes I forget to eat till like, you know, lunchtime or whatever, right? So, you know, kind of, and it sounds crazy, right? It's probably because, and- if that's happened then i'm probably not training that day either right so again kind of like um but coming back to the body fat question effectively this is something that we do with all our tribes so you know we benchmark things on a regular basis you know our flexibility uh being the priority our movement then obviously our strength being the second one uh and then the third one we kind of often do with people is basically dexter right which is effectively like you know what's your like uh, your body fat percentage and obviously muscle mass now we don't do this to create this up or down kind of thing we see it as a way to just collect information on yourself so you're bringing a different way of learning about yourself and most importantly collecting data so you know we talked about projects so okay the training that you've done and the lifestyle that you had, like what does it equate to right okay cool how does that look like that over the period of a year years now right so for me personally like that's what i do So i continue like every year i have like three fc like of these you know tests which are very very simple to do and um uh so i just go to a place effectively you know it's called Dexa scan uh and i just have information going all the way back to 2015 right so kind of like and my body fat is like you know give or take you know pretty much the same effectively that but i don't intentionally kind of talk about i'm going to eat this much or you know not eat this much to sustain this whatever for me it's all driven by what projects that I have on. Right. So doing a lot of strength work at the moment, you know, like I need to feel up, like I need to eat a lot, a ton, you know, kind of, uh, just to kind of make sure I can hit that sort of volume if you like, right. When I'm doing a lot less volume, you know, kind of a lot less intensity, but more like structural work, that's a different kind of eating effectively. But, you know, again, the, the way I consume food, you know, kind of, I mean, what I consume is pretty straightforward. I outsource all my food. So I don't think about it, you know, kind of, uh, I have dinners at home, my beautiful partner makes. I have a lot of meat, you know, kind of, um, but effectively, you know, kind of, I have uh, an amazing company who looks after me, you know, kind of who basically I, eat, you know, basically my breakfast, my lunch, you know, from this company effectively, which is all like natural food here in Sydney. So it's not like crazy, um, but that's a sure way of getting things inside me. As I said before, like, you know, sometimes like I literally forget to eat.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing now uh Vic, do you do cardio like if you then how many times in a week and do you train your abs
1: uh no to abs so like we don't like literally kind of uh the uh we have like part of a gst we call it core set which is effectively like we train our spine quite a lot obviously with lot like i tend to load my spine quite a lot like a lot of weights and movements Nice. A lot of isometric type of work. So, like, it's just so many different kinds, right? I mean, you can say that's an ad work in some context, but again, it's not with, like, I'm going to do ads kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And um, what was the first question? Uh, the first question was Do you. you oh, and I forgot. So, the first question. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first question? You and I forgot. Uh... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cardio, cardio. D- d- oh, do perfect. you do cardio? Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh something you mentioned earlier on like so jiu-jitsu is something i've been practicing you know kind of uh since probably 2016 or whatever over the last three years i've had to drop it so in that in, the, in when i say drop it like i don't go to an academy i'm not held accountable like i'm not training two three four times you know in jiu-jitsu um that was like my main form of cardio up to, you know kind of up to three years ago uh obviously with covid with the pandemic and you know all these lockdowns crazy times and xyz having to pivot different ways has given me an opportunity to physically develop myself, you know, with the strength in mind, right? So strength and movement in mind. So uh, that being said, cardiovascular work, obviously, like it's a very low priority, right? You know, kind of like, oh, I want to get swollen jacked, you know, cardiovascular is like, you know, not my main thing. However, that being said, like it's an important medium effectively. So to me, again, I you know, it gets factored in like projects. So what I mean by that is, you know, uh, there's actually like you know cardio projects you know we'll have like nasal only breathing skipping or rowing for four to six weeks at a time you know once a week and you know lots of walks again nasal breath focus and stuff like that there's cardiovascular work happening because obviously it's important from a recovery side of things and it's also you know a you know your your vo2 max is a key indicator of like you know your longevity effectively right so we talk everybody knows like your grip strength and like you know your lower body strength you know are too but it's like your vo2 max cardiovascular health or like in a capacity is a is a great indicator you know kind of of longevity so cardiovascular work does happen it doesn't happen all the time it gets factored in it's like flexibility work for instance so like you know those gpp phases so general physical preparedness you know kind of which happens like continually so like you know uh if i go into a big strength block for like you know anywhere between Eight to 12 weeks or eight to 14 weeks effectively, then the back end, like for another six to eight weeks, a bit more GPP phase, right? Which means I get to work on things that I haven't worked on. So, like flexibility, building those attributes, bringing up to scratch, you know, cardiovascular work of movements or patterns that I haven't done for a little while. So I can then go down those lines effectively. Because um, that helps to then build a bigger base, you know, kind of, and then I, and then I can start to pursue bigger things again. Nice.
0: Uh, Last two questions, Nivik. One is, uh, what would be your top three movements that you would choose?
1: (laughs) Ooh, this is a hard one. So I've made a recent, I've made a post yesterday, so I better say that one. Uh, Snatchcript deadlift, you know, kind of, I think should be right up there, kind of uh, just, you know, so much goodness packed in one. The, uh, if I had an option, it'd be like a, a ring dip, you know, would be another one, you know, kind of, I think from a pushing perspective. It's uh, you know, you can do so many different things or variations of that effect, you know, uh, effectively, right? Um then, you know, just because I think uh, uh it's like savage, it would be it would be between <laughs> it would be between a stoulder or a one-arm chin, right? Kind of like isn't like the top, you know, for me like top three movements kind of thing. So the uh so the way I would go about it, snatch snatch deadlift would be like logically, like I'm going to recruit as much as possible. I'm going to get more bang for my buck, right? It's like a great one to have, right? Uh, the dip chin, is like, cool, I can get my upper body pushing movements and I can hit it from different angles and I can look up for my upper body in so many different ways, just with that one movement and one that tool. The third and last one between the one-eyed chins and stalled is just purely selfish reasons. You know, to me, they're like, they're a great way to express your physicality. You know, that doesn't happen by accident.
0: Amazing. And, and what would be your tip or tips for the audience that's listening for general Mm. health that that someone wants to lose weight or gain weight or just in general improve their fitness or health?
1: Uh, The power of the basics, you know, kind of I think I literally wrote about it today to my email list, but, um, you know, the word foundation, as soon as we hear it, for some weird reason, there is this misconception that it is going to be easy and it's going to be freaking boring and that we're, you know, it's below us. When literally like, you know, no matter how far you want to go, you know, kind of you will always have to come back to this starting point if you don't have the starting point in the first place. So might as well spend some time, you know, kind of to actually understand and embody these things so you can go further and faster, quicker, effectively, you know, kind of. uh, And when I say like the basics, obviously, again, depending on individual context, you know, like I'm rather than uh, learning a basic exercise or whatever kind of thing. The way I view it is like you need to be working basic concepts, right? So, you know, kind of, and these basic concepts are things like I mentioned earlier on, like how do you harness your breath, right? To whether you know to calm yourself down or to create tension. You know, how do you do? You have the capacity to you know actually stabilize your shoulders, whether being push and pull with straight arms, you know, in front, overhead, behind you, and so on. Because if you have that, the wall is strong. You know, your ability to kind of you know basic kind of hip and spine integrity because that will open up so much room like all these things can be taught to my grandma you know kind of or it can be basically is used on olympians right Right. so it's like again it's understanding of these things and being able to kind of play with these things you know for a period of time so you know do the basics make the base you know make the make the non-glamorous you know things like more glamorous basically
0: Awesome. Great. Uh, Amazing. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. I really would love to have you on my podcast again. But next time I really want to talk about the business side of it. How you you run your two businesses and we can talk about I I really want to talk about coaching per se, and even coaching the coaches. So that is something that I really want to make probably in the future, maybe after two, three months, whenever you have some free time. If you are okay, then I would love to do that.
1: Yeah, man, It it would be good to connect again.
0: Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vic. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. It was fun. And uh, yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. It's been awesome.
0: Yes. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please like, share and subscribe. And please follow this channel for more such uh, content. And until next time, see you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.